Welcome to Good Christian People, an honest conversation between church leaders who recognize we're not perfect, we're barely good, but we want to be great. On today's episode, we interrupt our regularly scheduled program to react to the Derek Chauvin verdict and have a critical conversation on the issue of justice. everybody welcome back to good christian people the podcast <laughs> episode 37 sun chi chi you do you're doing you're pulling double duty today you yep. do a really good t- like if somebody didn't know i would say oh that might be tim except now he's saying it faster he's like the podcast i think he just wants to get it over and done with yeah guys i'm jeff over there playing double duty is josie in the role of josie and tim and uh, we'll explain what's going on here in a second, but I am so excited because uh, there are three of us in the room, and I would like to welcome back to the microphone the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon Morris. Is this where the applause comes in or no? Yeah. No yeah, yeah he'll, he'll work in some applause. Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah, Brandon. So Brandon is from, uh, well, I mean, really, you're, a, you're the world's probably biggest Christian hip-hop artist <laughs> from 10 years ago yeah, probably yeah yeah from 10 at, years least, ago. at least the best dressed absolutely uh <laughs> be more and uh, so okay tell everybody because i feel like the last time you were here mm-hmm. um we didn't do a really good job plugging what it is that you do oh like on your social media i don't know we can talk about what you do <laughs> <laughs> got you <laughs> but you're you're on facebook you're on youtube mm-hmm. uh what do you do so primarily, my wife and I have a YouTube channel called More Love with R&B, and that's spelled M-O-R-R, Yeah, Love with R&B. And basically, we are a marriage YouTube channel. Um, however, we do stuff that anybody could watch. You don't <laughs> have to be married to enjoy the content. Um, but we do talk a lot about marriage, and we more so just talk about our perspectives on life and things that are going on in the world through the lens of being married. Um, we just recently released a video where we're basically just talking about the things that we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. and just um, the different conversations that married people have about life. We also have interviewed people about things that are going on because those married couples have different perspectives. Sure. And there's always like these conversations that happen over the dinner table or the pillow talk in bed. And we're like, hey you know, what we can, let's put some of that out there for people to enjoy from a content perspective. It's really good stuff. And you got your wife to cry. I did. You got Sharia to cry. And that was fun to watch. Uh, (laughs) Our pillow talk, um, and when I say ours, I don't mean me and you. I mean, like, my wife and I, our pillow talk consists of uh, her getting into bed and saying, good night, don't talk to me anymore. Like, I'm ready to wind down. That sounds so familiar to me. Yeah. Not because it's your wife, because of my wife. (laughs) My wife is the same way. Lights out. Do not speak. I want want to play on my phone. I want to act like you're not there. And, uh, and it's great. But but really, your biggest claim to fame is you are the most frequent guest on the Good Christian Podcast now. I cannot tell you how great of an honor it is 
Those are real tears. Yeah. These are not fake tears. It's, it's glad there's no cameras in here. I just feel like you should come on every week. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it's fun. I've been listening to you guys since episode one. Yeah. So, and you listen, you said there. you've listened to every episode twice. At least twice, yeah. At least twice, which yeah. is wild. You've listened more than Josie has, and That's he funny. and he has to listen to it in order to, to edit it. So, man, we're we're super grateful that you're here, Josie. Thank you for being here. So, let me kind of explain what is uh, is happening and why things seem a little different. So, we normally record on Monday afternoons, and we did uh, last Monday record an amazing interview with our friend, our first real good Christian profile, uh, David Rajan. And that episode was slated to run this coming Tuesday. And then Tuesday afternoon, uh, something happened. And we thought, man, we kind of need to strike while the iron is hot and have a quick conversation. So we're actually recording this on Friday, April 23rd. And Josie, you go on vacation tomorrow. And Tim couldn't make it. Tim really wanted to be here, but he could not uh, do this this quick um, recording schedule. Uh, so we do miss him. Uh, but... Actually, Brandon, we're going to have you back on in like another episode or two, uh, like another week or so after the David one uh, to come back in. Ooh. But, um, we, you know, so Josie, super appreciate you being willing to do this because you're basically leaving for vacation in like 12 hours and you're like, okay, fine, I'll come in and I'll, I'll do this. So we're not going to heavily edit this. We just wanted to have a conversation um, about life and some things that are going on. I do want to tell you guys this uh, because this happened today and it kind of cracked me up on the way here. Um, I let my daughter Joy sleep in really late today, like literally right before I left uh, to come up here. I woke her up at 2 p.m. because she had done all of her homework, uh, everything that she had needed to do that was supposed to be due today. She did all of it last night because she has been reading a series of books in the, I forget what they're called, but it's in the Shadow and Bone series. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but Netflix just dropped a new series based on this, um, this series of books. So it's a new TV show, like eight or nine episodes. And it's supposed to be like a fantasy thing. And she's read like all five or six of these books in the course of the last two weeks. Is that the show called the nevers? No, no, this no, it's just no. called shadow and bone. Oh, it's called shadow. And I bone. think it's called I'm, shadow and bone. So I, yeah, I was totally not listening to anything you were saying. No, okay, I'm, I'm not either. Okay. And uh, <laughs> totally so, missed this. <laughs> she, she was like, this new show is coming out and it drops it on Netflix at 3 a.m. on Friday. And she's like, I want to watch it as soon as it drops. And I'm like, okay, fine. And so she said, can I please, can you please let me sleep in and not wake me up as early as you normally do so I can watch all of these shows? And you know, me as a binge watcher, I was like, I'm proud of you. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, as is we have discussed on this podcast, uh, it's the Higgins way to watch a whole bunch of shows um, and then not really take it all in. Because right when I left, I said, hey, you need to get up. I got to go do the podcast. Um, and I said, so, hey, how was your show? And she went, huh? And I said, did you watch your show last night or this morning? And she was like, uh-huh. And I said, how was it? And she paused for a second. And she went, I don't remember. <laughs> So sad. So anyway, so, but she's planning on watching it like nine times. She said she got to the second to last episode and fell asleep. Wow. So it's like, oh, she's already read the book. So she knows what happens. So anyway, so her, her schedule is going to be completely off, but that was a, that was a confession for today. Mm. Anyway, you guys have anything exciting happen today? Last couple of days. Dead air is awesome. So this is. <laughs> 
It's great for a podcast, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Well, I guess then we'll just talk about what did happen on Tuesday. So this is this is why we are here. Um, when we looked at our recording schedule, we uh, to to be clear, last Tuesday, just uh, three days ago, uh, the verdict came in on the Derek Chauvin trial, um, the policeman who killed George Floyd. And uh, to be honest, when we recorded last Monday, I did not anticipate the verdict coming back so quickly. I think I might have. I don't remember if I referenced it um, in that actual recording. Like, oh, this happened. We, you know, maybe an interesting week. Did I do that? I don't think so. Oh, you were nodding your head. So I was like, oh, maybe I did. And I just I say so many great things all the time. No, apparently not. And um, and so this this I mean, they deliberated for 10 hours and basically about. 24 hours after uh, they were let go, um, they came back with a verdict. And this is historic. This feels big. This feels kind of culturally like we need to kind of spend a few minutes and just process it. So this conversation today, this podcast will be a little bit different. We're not going to do Great Christian People Confession. It is basically just an opportunity for the three of us to get into a room and kind of process what has happened over this last year with George Floyd, with Derek Chauvin, with so many things that have gone on in regards to race uh, in the past year and, and how our culture has responded to that, talk about issues of justice and accountability. And um, and so there's really no guide here. I just thought, let's turn on the microphones and let's have a conversation. And what I'd like to do is kind of follow it chronologically and look at, let's go back to May of 2020. Okay, so May of 2020, we're going to work just kind of kind of chronologically go through the events of this past year in relation to George Floyd and Derek Chauvin. How did we get here? And what do we make of, of what has happened? Um, I know we just about a month or two ago wrapped up our race series, and, uh, and, and we wanted to be sure that that wasn't just a conversation we were having on during February, during Black History Month, but we also wanted to be able to come back and 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 continue these conversations because it is important. And so we thought let's, let's kind of work through this. So let's go back guys to May, uh, the end of May, 2020. And we found out that there was a video released of a man named Derek Chauvin putting his knee on the back of a black man and ended up killing him. And so what was that experience like for you guys? What all happened around that time? And, and what were you going through at that time? Well, I know in my case, um, I was coming off of or just like starting on furlough. I was probably about a month in at that point. Um, I was living in Rockville, so I was down in the D.C. area. And um, I think there was, I I distinctly remember like when it happened uh, later that night, watching live streams on Twitch of people like down at protest sites Mm. um, all over the country um, and just kind of like, seeing things as they play out. Um, my, my roommate at the time, uh, Spriggs, he was, uh, he was pulling up streams from like DC and we were watching people down at like Lafayette in front of the white house and doing things. Um, and just kind of like acknowledging like, okay, this is going to be another like Freddie Gray esque moment. And mm-hmm. like our, our, our quest for racial, um, reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I know, uh, we're reading together. We're in a, we're in a group on reading through uh, Jamar Tisby's How to Fight Racism. And the first line in his book is, uh, this felt different or something feels different. You know what? I got the book right here. Why don't I just look it up? But his, his point is that this 
experience that having this video, that seeing this, um, really made it go. That, that feels like the tide is changing. That something is happening. That that seems a little more in your face. Now, I mean, certainly we could say because of COVID, a lot of people were at home. Uh, but but having that video really kind of kind of made it. Um, I hate to use the word real. I'm sure I'm going to say something stupid, but Brandon, how about, uh, how about you? What was it like? Um, it was, it was tough to watch. It was mm. tough to hear because you hear about it. You know, people are posting on Facebook and no, and, and I'm always going to try to not make light of things. Um, even serious things, but you know, I just can't help it sometimes. Sure. I'm not a big fan of vague booking. So what is that? Vague booking. Glad I think I know asked. what you're talking about. But. It's when someone posts a status that just says, this is outrageous. And yeah. Like, what yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah. Like, I, it's so baity. Like, yeah. just say what the issue is. Right. So I was scrolling through and seeing a lot of vague booking and this is not going to end well. Or, you know, I can't believe this is happening. I'm like, what is everybody talking about? Yeah. So every now and then you scroll long enough, you get a you know, a a, per, a nice person to say, this is what's happening, or here's a link to a news report. And then you kind of go, oh, okay, so that's what everyone's talking about. Yeah. And so watching, reading the news report, and then, you know, like watching the video, you know, when it initially came out, and I'm just like, I was floored. Because on one hand, you know, I'm I'm not shocked to see a black person not treated well by the police. <laughs> sure. At the same instance, I just was, it's like the audacity of a, a human person mm-hmm. with their hands in their pockets while right. their knee is on someone's neck, like their neck. Mm-hmm. At no point did you think this was probably enough? No point? Yeah. Not one point? Like nine minutes is a long time. Yeah. To just rest on someone's neck. Yeah. Um, I will say in that moment, before we even knew what was going to happen to the officer, it it felt like I feel like I'm becoming my uncle. My uncle's a very militant, you know, black man from mm. the 70s. And it just it felt um, tragically poetic. OK. It was like, oh, I watching that. That's how society is. Mm-hmm. That's how there's black people on the ground and there's the knee of a white man in his neck. That's how. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it's a bit a mirror. Right. And I think seeing this video, it really was just kind of a picture, as you said, kind of a not an analogy, but I mean, it really showed you this is what a lot of people feel like um, in this. And yeah, it it was it was tragic. It was it was awful. I mean, I don't understand. I I really struggle uh, when you when you watch the video of going, what is going on in the minds of this man um, with his knee on his neck? And and the minds of those around him that uh, sort of I don't want to say enabled him to do it, but they didn't not step in. And it's interesting to me that those guys seem to have um, kind of gotten away with a lot. I don't know. That's just kind of my my thing. And so I know as a result of this video getting out, that I believe at the time it was a 16 year old girl just sat there and and shot the video. Uh, that put it in front of everybody, and and it became sort of abundantly clear what had happened. And yet, what I thought was um, confusing—I I don't want to use the word interesting. I'm, I'm trying to use the correct um, adjectives here, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mess it up in this episode. 
what I thought was interesting was um, the responses of people who watched what happened and began to say, yeah, but I mean, yeah, but but here's something George Floyd did a couple years ago, you know, and, and here, you know, this is who he really was as if that mattered. I like I, I guess I don't understand that. Did that sit with you guys in a weird way? Yeah, no, I I noticed that a lot. But I mean that that's kind of how it happens. It's like yeah. whenever there especially when there's a video of and we're just gonna talk in relation to like cases of this George Floyd situation. Mm. Because all different types of cases happen all kind all different times. But when you have a white officer engaging a unarmed black civilian and the black civilian dies by the hands of the officer, whether yeah. it's a gun or whatever, there's always this let's pull the record or let's it's always like right. this public shaming yeah. that 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 feels like, oh, I should be okay with what I saw in this video because this person deserved it right. based on whatever. Right. I don't even know why it's relevant. Yeah. Because they're not pulling him over for what he did two years ago. Right. They're not, they don't know anything about what he did two right. years ago. So, so yeah, that being, but it's really sad because that kind of just happens all the time. Yeah. It seems like kind of a way to, in a desire to, hmm, gotta be careful here. In a desire to sort of keep a narrative. And, and, and again, we're, so I, I will say, here's where we're going to go. So we're going to drop this episode and then we're going to put the David Rajan uh, when we're just going to push it back one week. But when you come back and, and we're, we we're in talks with a police officer to come on and, and join us on another episode where we're going to talk a little bit or have a whole series kind of on, on violence, on police brutality, anti-Asian violence, um, pacifism in the, in the Christian response to violence and things like that, that we're mm-hmm. going to spend, you know, we're going to, we're going to work through. Um, it seems like, uh, and, and so what I wanted to say about that is that, you know, certainly I think there are a lot of people who want to say not all cops are bad. Sure. We understand that. In fact, I would say probably most aren't bad. However, when we see things like this, it certainly is like we, we want to kind of maintain that narrative that everything is okay, that the, and I'm just going to use it very broadly, the bad guys are the bad guys and the good guys are the good guys. And we never want to kind of go, well, maybe that was unjust because we don't want to, people who don't live or don't have an awareness of an unjust system, which right. I would largely say tend to be white people. Um, we don't want to acknowledge that there is injustice going on and that there are people who abuse power. Now, we know people abuse power. We've seen that in every area of our society. But to kind of have this narrative out there that there are supposed to be good people who are doing bad things, that's very uncomfortable. You know, I, I recently had a discussion with someone who um, I... I, I put this kind of in the same category as like climate change denial, but like denial of like systemic racism. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, police brutality and kind of like the the impact of uh, policing in in like majority black communities is a very clear indicator of uh, a system that is like plagued by systemic racism. Um, you said like I don't believe that like all cops are bad. I believe that like like the majority are probably good, but like you also have to remember that. Uh, when you look at the system, uh, the trend has been 
the cops get the bad cops are the ones that get protected and the good cops i.e the ones that speak out and say hey this is wrong or or try to interact and stop an incident as it's happening those are the ones that get punished so we have a system that is built up not to protect the good cops and punish the bad but to protect the bad cops and punish the good um i'm looking at an article right now i just i just googled um cops punished for speaking out and i found something from june 13 uh 2020 uh from npr an interview with uh an officer from chicago who was like faced some consequences when they spoke out against their fellow officers in misconduct there's this like concept of the thin blue line Mm -hmm. um which i think is one of the most damaging things um every time i see a flag or it on a sign or something like it just makes me want to scream um because what that does is that creates a an us versus them mentality within our our policing and that's like super damaging not even just to like our majority black communities but to like everyone mm-hmm. yeah i think that's you know and and that's that's the tension that we kind of sit in is is that we go like you said that there are there are good cops and there are bad cops and 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 I, you know that's kind of a very trite you know adjective to use but there are abuses of power um and and to deny that kind of allows this system to continue and so what happens is when you see people start to speak out and say no no here's a bad one there are p- others who push back and go no we sort of have to protect this institution because we can't believe that there is this kind of injustice that is just going on. Um, and yet this video made it abundantly clear. And I mean, in every aspect of it, there was no way to reinterpret what was happening. I mean, I just, when I saw a snapshot just again yesterday, um, the, the, just the callousness of, I got my hand in my pocket. Like I'm just chilling out. Like he was it, posing, right? He was, it just, it was like, Man. And so that that kind of thing, anytime you have um, I mean, when we've had instances of of violence carried out on a people of color, typically black people, um, often there's not video of it. And so we have to sort of assume that someone is telling us the truth, but but it feels can often feel wrong. Um, But to be able to see it and just was like, man, this is this is different. Yeah, I I, I kind of gotta be uh, careful with how I receive certain things. Like when people say, you know, well, there are some good cops, and it's sure. like like we said, like we talked about, there are cops that speak out, and then they get punished for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the fact that they get punished for it, it's like, well, then now we want to believe there's more good than bad, but now the good are getting punished and the bad are kind of just still kind of running around. So what am I supposed to believe? And then it's a person at work. You work here, right? Mm -hmm. Both of you guys work here, right? No. I mean, I'm saying you you do something here. He works here enough that he should be on the payroll. Right. So like on Sundays, like you work with technical stuff. Mm. Yeah. So I have, so I do similar stuff at my church and it can be very frustrating if I'm trying to launch the live feed and like the internet's down. We have really terrible internet where we are. Um, or I'm ready to go and something technical is not working the way it should. Um, or if I get frustrated about something, but I have to be locked in and focused to make sure that I'm realizing that what I do affects other people. Mm. But if I mess up, if I make a mistake or get something wrong, 
you know, maybe the live feed doesn't start right on time or maybe, you know, I hit the wrong note and then you can kind of see it on my face because I'm right. on camera and right. I'm, feel, I'm frustrated because I've really worked hard on this new song. Like whatever it is, you kind of hit it and you keep going mm. because everyone gets frustrated at work. I've been frustrated at work before. Sure. But when police are at work, you know, you kind of got to ask yourself, unless you're just frustrated, unless you're just having a bad day, why are these things happening so often? Mm. Unless there is a systemic thing that's happening. And then with this whole thing with the uh, the story that came out, I don't know if it came out like yesterday, where they had released what they originally said before they knew there was a video. Mm. It was like, a, you know, a man died from medical whatever after dealings with the police. And it was like, they were going to release this? Wow. They were going to release this. This whole thing that we've been talking about for a year, Yeah, they were going to release this. And so when you talk about abusing power, I think about that article. I think about, you know, Derek Chauvin. Like, you know, he is a human being. Yeah. You know, maybe he was having a bad day or maybe he just abuses his power. Mm-hmm. It certainly sounds like he has the he was he abused his power. It didn't seem like an isolated incident from the fact that he has uh, uh, lots of complaints against him. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it, at some point you go when you see this behavior, I, I'm to me, the water is less murky. Uh, when you see that, hey, here is somebody who had a a reputation for this or had a record of this, and and if it goes on for so long unchecked, then it it becomes a point where he feels like he can sit on somebody's neck for nine minutes with his hand in his pocket posing and get away with and it. get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, it it certainly. So let's let's talk about now that we, we we've talked about that. Let's move into we've kind of gone through this past year. And this was a highly anticipated uh, hearing. You know, we had no idea how this was going to turn out because we have seen things that seem very open and shut uh, go ways that that are typically seeming unjust. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask the two of you guys, because of where I was in life at the time over the last couple of weeks, I have I was not able to watch much of the trial at all, minus the um, 47 hour uh, closing arguments by the defense, which by the way, you vague booked at one point. Um, mm-hmm. And it cracked me up because I thought I, I was like, Oh, I know what he's talking about. Cause I hate when people vague book, but when you know what it is, you're like, yeah, no. <laughs> and I think I even like laughed at it or something. You were like, this dude is still talking. And I was like, yes. Cause I, I caught, it. I was like, man, he really seems like he's going on. And, uh, and uh, many times he said, I apologize for being so long winded. It's like, there's a way to stop that. Oh but, yeah. Um, the defense attorney, the defense attorney. Anyway. So I want to ask you guys, you all watched, uh, the trial or at least are more familiar with it than I am. What did you see happening in there? Anything surprise you? Anything just go, oh. and what were your expectations coming out of that? So let me first apologize for my hypocrisy, Jeff. Thanks for no, playing yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's funny. I do feel like it was vague booking only because everybody was everybody talking about it. it. Right. So I literally saw, I was on break and I remember seeing it on my phone, put my phone down, went to go do something at work. And then I'm like, oh, it's time for me to get off. I get off. I drive 45 minutes <laughs> right. to get home. Right. I get, get to my house, turn on the TV and he's still talking. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second, man, is this a video? Like, is this like, this isn't live? No, no, it's still live. 
So, yeah, that was why, because everybody was, everybody was commenting, like, please stop talking, dude. Yeah. But as far as the, as far as uh, observations with the trial, it was, it was a a tough watch at times Mm. when they had the witnesses come up, because the witnesses all seemed to get very emotional. And I can't front like I wouldn't as well, because you're basically having to relive this day that now we kind of have a better idea of what happened. Everybody's kind of sober minded. The tensions aren't as high as they were when they were watching it. You know how when you're in a moment like that, like you're, it's kind of like an out of body, uh, out of body experience yeah. for everybody around. They just, I can't believe I'm seeing this. Yeah. Everyone's been able to come down from that. So to have to relive it with all the videos, all the body cam videos, yeah. all the surveillance camera videos, and basically get a 360 view of this, tragic moment um you could tell it was really hard on the witnesses yeah josie so you mainly listened through npr and your little briefings what did you what did you think did anything any big major takeaways for you that you i don't say enjoyed but that you like kind of held on to um yeah so i i wasn't actually like super up to date on the trial um i mostly got digests the next day from the things that had happened um, up until like the verdict where I was at my parents' house and then it had been announced like an hour before and I was talking to my parents for an hour and on my way out the door, someone made like an offhand comment about like, wow, all three counts. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, but uh, the, I think the thing that stood out to me the most from like those digests and kind of hearing like the, the the big snippets, like people were already telling me like this was the significant thing from the day, mm. um, was the the officer or the police chief, mm. uh, Minneapolis police chief who testified against Floyd or I'm um, sorry uh, Chauvin, because uh, there was something significant to me having already discussed like this concept of the thin blue line about an officer in a position of power with people underneath him who who have to rely on him. Mm. Um, being able to take that moral stand, knowing that it's going to probably like disrupt his 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 remaining career, mm-hmm. um, it's going to disrupt the the loyalties of the officers working underneath him. Um, it's going to have significant impacts on his life beyond this. Um, that and every other officer that was willing to testify, um, I, I find that significant. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested. I, I'm I'm looking forward to um, having a police officer in here to talk about that because you know I yeah I just it, it it's such an un unfamiliar territory at least for me I've never had that experience so I don't I don't know what the impact of that is, um, and so I I'm, I'm looking forward to that conversation. What was interesting to me and and where I got I don't want to use the word nervous, um, but you know and and it was it was you know bad on me for not watching the trial. And being up to date on it. But when I found out, oh, they're doing closing arguments, it's live. And I just was on my phone at the time. I was like, boom, I'll, I'll pop it up. And the defense attorney was giving his statement. Now, this was the only thing that I had experienced through the whole trial. And listening to him work through some stuff and kind of walk through and 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 give his argument, I went, oh, man, like he could get off. Like, I mean, by, by, of course, I had no idea what the prosecution had said, um, you know, aside from the video. To me, it seems abundantly clear. Uh, but the stuff that, that the defense attorney was saying, I was going, man, I, I have no doubt that there would be people who could listen to this 
and could go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, who who are willing to kind of put away some of the the obviousness of this and and what what they experience, and it made me. I was very, I don't want to say uncomfortable. I was, I was nervous come Monday because I went, holy smokes, what happens if this comes back? And they go, no, the defense made a good case. And, and then I, you know, and then the more he talked, the more I went, okay, good. Because typically my wife is, you know, taught me that when you're defending yourself or, or whatever, the one who talks the most usually has a whole lot that they're just trying to make up. And I was like, okay. So when he talked for like two and a half, three hours, I went, Oh, okay, that's not that's not great for him, <laughs> um, you know. Just like I'm just gonna talk until the, uh, I'm the only voice that you <laughs> remember. I'm the only thing you remember right. is me talking for three hours. And what was the prosecution's case? I don't remember, but uh, I don't know. I mean, so I, I guess on his part, it was a smart tactic because just just talk till you're the only thing people remember. Well, the one thing that was clear, very clear to me, was that he was not in a black church. Because in a black church, you talk that long, there's a deacon that's going to come up and tap you on the shoulder and be like, and then you tell the sound guy, you cut this guy's mic. Like, it's it was right. it was that long. It was like, I was waiting for somebody in the white gloves to come up and be like, okay, now, yeah. baby, come on. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a long time of talking. I will say, if you're a public speaker in any capacity, stop apologizing for being long-winded. Stop promising that you're going to wrap things up uh, because we all know you're not going to. And you could have just saved us another 10 seconds by you not having said that. So the, the idea is, you know, be more concise and, uh, and and put your things together. When somebody says, I'm just going to be brief, you know, it's like, buckle up. You're missing lunch. Oh, these, yeah, that's a translation for I won't be before you long. Right. Like you're lying. <laughs> you're going to be. Very long. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, kind of like lower your expectations. So when I go really long, all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, anyway, I could have gone longer. It's like, oh, that's that's scary to me. And so we we make it through the trial. It, it wraps Monday. The jury goes into deliberation. Um, and all the reports were like, it could come later this week. It could be the beginning of next week. Nobody knows how long these guys are going to, oh, wait, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was much. like, oh, I was, uh, so Tuesday I was up at the stadium getting my, uh, my second, uh, round of, of vaccination and, and it dropped. They said the verdict is in and I'm like, oh, and I'm searching Twitter. I'm like, what, what was it? And they said, they're going to announce it in an hour. And I'm like, yes. And so fortunately the, uh, the process through the little mass vaccination thing was quick and I was able to make it home in time. I'm walking the dogs, you know, trying to, trying to watch it. And it came much later than they said it was going to, but, uh, let's talk about what your experience was like with the verdict. And, uh, just kind of now that we've, we've made it to this part, let's, um, kind of deal with that. So what was your experience with the verdict? Like, where were you? Who were you with? What was, what were you feeling? So I was sitting in the living room. I'd um, just gotten off of work and I was cleaning up the house and um, I pulled it up on the TV and I just, you know, let it sit there because they have the camera zoomed in on the emblem until they're right. ready to come out. And I was on some news channel and it said the verdict will be read between 3.30 and 4. Right. I'm looking at the clock and it's <laughs> 3.50 or something. I'm like, yeah. man, these guys got like 10 minutes. They got to right. hurry up. And then it's like, no, they're an hour behind us. Right. And I was like... Oh, come on. Yep. So, so anyway, um, so yeah, I was at home. Once they read it, I remember sitting there and just, I was by myself in the room and I just remember sitting there. I started to do, oh, everybody come downstairs mm-hmm. real quick, but I'm like, nah, it's okay. 
Um, but I just remember sitting there and watching it on the television and I didn't like hold my breath or anything, but I, I, something just felt like this was going to go that way, especially because they came back so quickly. And then you get the, you know, because it's a news channel, everybody's waiting. They have to ask like nine experts, like, what do you make of the time? It's like, well, typically. And I'm like, yeah, so good. (laughs) But I mean, it's cool to hear the facts and stuff. Um, but it's like, you know, this one guy is like, oh, it's definitely going to be guilty on all three. Typically, you never come back to say, I'm like, hey, please don't jinx it, dude. Like, right, please don't right, right, right. be that guy that's like, oh, I was wrong. Like, who called you to talk? Yeah. So <laughs> so in, in, in all seriousness, though, um, watching his Derek Chauvin's response or lack of response, like mm-hmm. just his eyes moving, it was um, a very chilling yeah. thing to see. So. Yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, so like like I said, I I didn't follow the trial live at all. So everything I got was um was after the fact. So like I found the verdict out after the fact. Um, and I think for us, uh, we had done our how to fight racism study. Um, that was like an hour after I found out. Yeah. So um, I was lucky enough to be able to like hop on a phone with five other people that are like thinking similarly on these issues or just thinking on these issues as well and, and kind of discuss through um, the thoughts on the, the verdict. Um, I don't know. It obviously like you can find some, uh, I'm not going to say happiness, but like some satisfaction in justice being served. Um, But you also have to like kind of remember, like for me, I am always sobered by the fact that like, this is a singular instance right. across a sea of of many. Like the fact that this was in itself like a tremendous special occasion, um, the fact that a police officer got convicted on all three counts is like shocking to us. And mm. to me, that's a problem is that uh, yeah. if there's not enough accountability in in the, the in the system of justice that they're actually being accountability and they're being like this tremendous level of proof, and us still being scared that it might not come back um, mm-hmm. or it might come back as, uh, as, as a reduced count or something like that in itself is uh, indicative of a greater problem to me. Sure. So the whole time while, you know, like y- you can be happy that, that, that justice was served. You also have to remember like, this is not nearly enough. Yeah, it's, I agree. I a hundred percent agree. Um, I was thinking that as well. Where it's like, you know, you watch the once they announced it and he went back and then all the news channels are covering the, you know, uh, not protests, but like the demonstrations outside Mm -hmm. where people are celebrating and cheering and they're interviewing people like, you know, how do you feel? And They're like, oh, we're so happy. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to take anything away from that. And there were a lot of people that felt this way of, of all races and shades and all. They just all felt like, hey, listen, sure, this is good, but this is how it's supposed to be. Right, right. Like, why? I mean, you know, it's like I get it. Like, yeah, be happy because this it isn't how it normally goes. Yeah. But if you abuse your power and you're caught, you should go to jail for taking a life. Like, yeah. it, it should be an open and shut thing. Yeah. The fact that, I mean, and I know that that we have to have a trial. Like, I'm, I'm like, we saw it. So what? I don't know what there's to argue about. Right. Because then when, you know, when the one guy with the uh, defense attorney was like, well, maybe the car was on. And he and I was like, OK, let's please stop. Let's mm-hmm. just stop. 
you did it, go to jail, and then be done with it. And again, yeah. when the celebrations were happening, inside me, I did feel a slight relief, but I wasn't. It didn't. I didn't feel safer just because yeah. I don't. Because I, I don't want to be another statistic. But and then oh, well, they get justice. Like I don't want to have to go like that. Yeah. Like this. This to me was uh, like I had a hope that at least with this, 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 this man being held accountable for this, my hope is that it would be communicated to everyone. Like you cannot just take life. Mm. You can't just kill me and get away with it. Like you yeah. can't. You will go to jail for it. Yeah. Like that's my hope from this case and in him being guilty on all three counts was that that was communicated. Like why okay, wait. Oh crap. Wait, we can't just can't just kill black people no more. We yeah. gotta be careful. Like, yeah. like you can't just kill us. Right. You can't and get away with it. So that was it was it was mixed emotions at that time. Yeah. Um I was uh Man, thank you for sharing that, Brandon. Um, I feel like anything that you and I say after that, we're going to take a break from a word from our sponsor because anything you say after that is just <laughs> not going to be any good. Um, yeah, my I, when they when they finally came out and we're about to do, I, I was I would just come in the house and uh, walking one of the dogs, about to walk the other one, and Joy comes up to ask me for questions on homework, and I was like, wait, 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 wait stop talking. And she's like, yeah, but I'm doing pre agile. Like, no, 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 come here, come here, let here we go. Like, let's find out what's going to happen. And, and, and she wasn't following anything in, in terms of the actual trial, but knows what was going on. And, uh, in this situation. And so, you know, I had to explain to her. Yeah. And, and as they, they said, guilty, guilty, guilty. I was like, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and I was just like, joy, this is, this feels historic. I, you know, watch this with me. And, and then, you know, the answer is 17. And then I walk, you know, went on and, uh, and walked outside. But what really struck me, um, was I, I was emotional about it, not so much with the the actual verdict, but I, I was on CNN at the time, and because um, they were just the ones I had up on my phone. And what was kind of interesting, and if it's artistic, I don't know, it was, it was really effective. Um, as all of the procedure was winding down, um, when the judge basically, you know, you're remanded back into custody, bail's, you know, revoked, you're going to jail, put it put the handcuffs on him and walk him out of there. They started, you know, getting, you know, taking out the audio of the court and bringing in the demonstrations from outside that they had. And you could hear like the, I, I don't want to use the word cheering because that, that you, you made a really good point, Brandon, that, that the, I don't think the appropriate emotion is happiness. Um, but that's not what I heard. Like I didn't hear them like celebrating so much as it was, it felt like relief, groans of relief mm. of just, this has been what we have been saying. This has been our experience and you have seen it. And this went the right way this time. Yeah. And that, that this has kind of been justice denied for a really long time. And now in this instance, we got it. As you said, whether it breaks through and it results in this wave of accountability and and a, and a real change in the culture, we don't know. I mean, there there'll still be we we will find that out. But in this instance, it felt like this was a real thing that we could hang on to and say this happened, and it was the right thing. I mean, it was the right thing across the board. You know, my honestly, my fear was that when they came back and going, you got three. 
three charges, you know, what are the odds that the ju- the jury comes back and is like, okay, we'll convict him on one of them or we'll convict him on two of them, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, or, or just say, you know what, the defense attorney, he talked forever and we kind of forgot everything else. And so, and for them to come back and say guilty, guilty, guilty on all three, I thought felt very significant. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamar Tisby and he tweeted out and, uh, and there were a lot of people that were tweeting out, you know, things that were celebratory, um, which didn't, didn't feel, didn't sit right with me. Super, uh, like, I don't know, like you said, you, you even yelled at me the other day. Cause I said, you know, the, the emotion is not happiness. And you were like, no, it's not. I was like, I said, it's not <laughs> happiness. He was like, it's not happiness. Um, which I, I really appreciated, but you know, he talked about, this is what it takes in order to be believed that the, mm. a nine minute video, a year's worth of demonstrations That's crazy. and a, and a, and a two week long trial that, that goes through that to say, look, this happened. Um, right. you know, and, and so it definitely, you know, felt very significant in that moment as we've talked about, where do we go from here? The hope is that things improve. Um, the hope is that things be, that there there is a a wave of accountability. Um, I want to say that to me, um, have you guys followed beyond that many of the reactions and responses to the verdict beyond what we've talked about already? No. I was. I want to uh, see. This is probably not going to win me any favor, but I'm just. I just need to say it um, because I want to. Um, be fair and, and where I pull my news and not just get it from one place. I realized as I was going through, I'm like, I'm watching CNN and over here is Van Jones and Don Lemon and Wolf Blitzer. And they're all talking. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting my news from one segment right now. I will go and look at the other side and kind of, you know, see what is being said over there. And the stuff that came out of uh, Fox news that day. And in the 24 hours after that was, um, there were some really, um, pretty horrible things that I felt like came out of that. Um, mm. There were some people that, that were, I mean, and it's not the whole, but there were two or three people who, um, and I don't remember, I'm, I'm uh, what was it? Greg Gutfeld, the guy who thinks he's funny, um, who's on the five. And uh, he, he said on the thing, I'm glad that he was found guilty. And you could hear the, the panel to their credit go, yeah, yeah, like, like good. And he says, even if he might not have been guilty. And we went, wait, what? And he went on and he said, because my community has been looted and I don't want America to be set on fire because of this whole thing. You know, so his whole thing is basically putting out there, look, he may not have even done it. We don't know. How can we even know? But at least nobody's burning anything down. And it's like, and he got called out. I mean, like the, the other people on the panel with him uh, were like, no, dude, this is the wrong take. Um, there was one guy, I don't remember his name. He's not somebody who is on there consistently. Uh, but he, he came on, I I was driving to church and I just was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put this on. And he went on to say, you know, the fact that they came back with a, with a, um, a verdict within 24 hours without having done this, 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 it's clear. This guy probably didn't, you know, we'll never really know whether or not Chauvin got a fair trial. And I was like, it's that sense of, I can't accept that what happened was a real thing and it was unjust. And so I just need to sort of say it's, it, 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 it might've been just that what he did to George Floyd might have been just, 
Hmm. And, and the fact that there are people out there who, um, can believe that, uh, after watching the video and going, well, yeah, but I mean, it was a counterfeit $20 bill. So clearly he's got to go, um, you know, or he did this and, you know, years ago, clearly he deserves what happened to him. Um, doesn't make sense to me at all. And I, I just, I know we're trying to, you know, kind of leave an open door for everybody to say, look, you know, we, we have different perspectives and things and we want to all share that and leave room for it. But that, that really sit in a, in a really uncomfortable place for me and just kind of made me mad. Yeah. I, I scrolled back through my Facebook feed since we were talking about vague booking and, uh, our reactions to, to the initial, the initial murder of George Floyd. And I, I realized cause Facebook is where I document a lot of my hot takes um, yeah. Anyone that's friends with me on Facebook knows that if I post something, it's likely to get some kind of reaction. Um, the the first this is time a tr- that is a, such a true statement, by the way. Is- the first time I said anything, or like the first time I said something following that whole summer, mm. uh, July twenty fourth. It's like two months after the death of George Floyd. Uh, and now I, I kind of remember the times I had to spend like that. The thing that Floyd's death did for me was not necessarily reawaken the sense of, of um, the need for racial reconciliation and the, the, the sense that police brutality and that, that these are issues that we have to address. It, it reawakened a sense in me that we needed to examine Christianity <laughs> Okay. Um, because the first thing I said following that whole summer was not was not anything about George Floyd or or police brutality. It was saying, I've thought long and hard about this. I've taken the past two months to consider this, and I have arrived at the conclusion that it's not possible to be both a political creature and a religious one. So much of wow. our I know he's gonna get us thrown off the air. <laughs> So much of what we have done, um, so much of the reaction in that time from the evangelical side, from the religious right, has been um, antithetical to the, the common cause of Christianity. I mean, um, Proverbs 31, 8, uh, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Uh, open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Uh, Micah 6, 8. Uh, he has told you, oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Mm-hmm. These are things we did not see then. And I, the reactions, I haven't seen much of the reactions, but I would hazard a guess that these are things we are not seeing very well right now as well. Um, I, I think, and like, you know, like whole Good Christian People, the podcast, like every, this, this whole endeavor um, everything I have said has been kind of born out of this this moment with George Floyd. So for me, sure. I, I'm sure this is something that you're going to carry forward, Jeff. You're going to carry forward, Brandon. But for me, this is also something that I'm going to carry forward um, because this had a greater impact on me. Or sorry, not a greater impact, but it had a an impact in an area of my life that I had not considered or mm. or not the place you would expect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That just hearing Fox News thing kind of brought me back to that. <laughs> I like it. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I just... There's a yeah. I mean, I'm sure at some point we'll unpack the apolitical and religious thing. I think I because I want to be fair to everybody. You know, if you're we may need you to unpack at some point what it means to be a political person because I think I think even that in itself can be a um, not that statement, but but we have said some political things on here. I think the 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 difference is when any side puts that above their faith. When, when Jesus is the thing that, that says, Jesus, I'm going to plug you into my political perspective versus Jesus, I want to understand how to view these things and what your justice looks like. Um, I think we can, we can do that because that'll, that'll often manifest itself in, in political ways in terms of how we engage and how we vote. I think, first of all, Jolie's in my head because I was just yeah. about to say that, like, I feel like we, as Christians, we are supposed to want to see justice done. Yes. We're supposed to. And I think a lot of times I do feel like I hear Christians putting their political beliefs above their faith. Yeah, for and sure. I'm trying to understand, like, we, we could talk about this in the in the other series, like, where is the compassion? Yeah. Like, for human life. Like, where's the compassion? Yeah. Like, I, I still to this day don't understand how a man dies and Christians are plugged into the news so much that they're, before the news even gets it to you, what did he do? Right. What did she do? Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you, I'm sorry. Did you hear that they died, though? Did you hear that they died? Yeah. Because where's the grief? Yeah. We don't even grieve death anymore. Hmm. Because we are so hemmed up on, you know, the relationships between police and black people, uh, Republicans and Democrats. Everything's a pol- like it's it's frustrating because in the church, a lot of this stuff lives and it breathes. It gets watered and fed and it continues to yeah. grow and fester. And I'm glad to see um, folks like Josie who are like, I'm not carrying that banner. Yeah. Just like what needs to be right. It, it needs to be right. We yeah. cannot keep going on. This whole thing was like, well, what did he do? Like, who taught you that? Right. Somebody taught you to have that kind of response to death. Someone was in it. And then it's not just a matter that they died. Their life was taken. Right. And there's no tears. Yeah. Why are there no tears for, for life being taken? Yeah. That's crazy to me. And what's so weird to me is that this is typically the response of people who are the ones who wave the pro-life banner the most. We're going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let me, we're, and, and we're not, but, but the, the fact of the matter is, how do you say that you are pro-life when your default, as you said, is to not grieve death? That the first thing that happens in instance, when, when it's a, when it's a cause that would still be considered a, a life cause, when that cause is not near and dear to your heart, you just shoo it away. And you just go, okay, my default is going to be, okay, but the person died, but what did they do? And I, I think the response that you would get to that is um, the pro-life banner is generally utilized. Like, I, we we have a different understanding of what pro-life is. Like, for right. us, it is right. that concept of, like, womb to tomb. Like, right. pro-life is pro-life throughout all stages of a person's life, yeah, regardless of the content of that life. Yeah. Um. It doesn't matter if it's Hitler. It doesn't matter if it's a drug dealer from the streets of Baltimore. It doesn't matter if it's Mother uh, Teresa. Teresa. Like a life is a life and that life matters both to it should. It matters to God and it should matter to us. Right. 
And I think for a lot of people, pro-life is is innocent life. And right. that's why it gets tied up so much in the, the issue of abortion. Right. Um, or, But there are a variety of places where you could apply that, that I, I think we need to take a long, hard look at that issue of pro-life at some point. Yeah. Oh, we will. That's a, that's on the books. I was, I was challenged by my wife. Um, she, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's appropriate to say she is more progressive than I am. Uh, there are people who, uh, would acknowledge that and say that what I thought was very interesting is that on Tuesday, you know, she was like, this was the right verdict. And it's still sad across the board. She said, a man lost his life and another man is, is now has his life ruined because of a decision that he made. And that this isn't something that we celebrate, that if we are going to look and say, you know, just across the board, this is a tragedy on every level, that, that this isn't something that we celebrate somebody getting, um, you know, even, even when you, I don't say you don't celebrate somebody getting justice, but I mean, it is when, when sometimes justice can still be tragic mm. when you can go, a mm. life was ruined um, and a life was taken. At the end of the day, um, whether or not he deserved, whether or not Chauvin, I mean, he deserved it, right? Like he, the verdict was was correct, mm-hmm. um, and he deserved to the the sentence. He but, also still deserves forgiveness. Mm. Absolutely, and we need to, as this is where I'll probably throw shade dirt on the other side too. Like evangelicals, I think in this moment are probably failing in defending it. But I think we also need to make sure that we don't condemn Mm -hmm. as greatly as we do. Um, We condemn... Condemnation is is like a human societal thing. Like it's not a part of our like religious thing. And that's that's a vague statement. I'm sure there's a lot of nuance there. But basically, justice being enacted should not prevent us from from mourning like mm-hmm. like what happened in all cases and yeah. from forgiving the guy that did it to forgiving the protesters that that spoke out and that did some bad things as yeah. well um it it should prevent us from or shouldn't prevent us from forgiving everyone um well and empathizing yeah. too empathizing yeah. i think so often when we look at the protests that happened uh that turned into rioting in 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 some instances to say that the protests were all rioting is disingenuous and not true there yeah, were some instances all. of that i i was down in um i think we've talked about this on the podcast before but um i was down in dc for the protests in front of the white house yeah um let's see what day was it it was the like, day after the, the day after president gas, trump yeah tear gassed the protesters so like there was a curfew for context of people that don't know there was a curfew at like 6 p.m and at like 4 30 um the riot police moved in and started tear gassing people out of um out of the area in front of lafayette Mm -hmm. uh so that president trump could go take a photo shoot with a bible in front of st john's church um i was down in front of st john's church the next day the priests were out there and they were po'd (laughs) yeah (laughs) I, i think i say pissed on the podcast they were pissed um they were very, very upset at what had happened. And like, I know the, um, the bishop or whatever the, 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 like the person that was in charge of the DC area for the Episcopals, um, they spoke out against it as well. Um, and I was down there the next day 
And what I saw was not rioting. What I saw was protesting. Yeah. People were marching between the White House and between Congress right. back and forth. Um, there were loud, there were microphones, there were loudspeakers. There was probably, I don't know, I, I'm terrible at estimating, but like they had to close off the streets on for like a three or four block radius out in front of Lafayette, which is mm-hmm. the park in front of the White House. Um, and there was a giant uh, fence up. So we couldn't even be in the park. We had to be like about 600 yards away from the White House. Right. Um, whereas normally you can be about 200 yards away from the White House. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of thing that when you look and you see that there are people who were expressing hurt, that were expressing pain, and yeah, and some of them did that uh, in in wrong ways. Um, to just have your default be, I'm not going to see your pain. I'm just going to see how you express that pain. I don't feel as Christians that that is our position. It feels like a very graceless position. It feels like a very, um, I'm not going to sympathize with the pain that you're going through. I'm not, you know, and, and we took some heat because it sounded like we weren't condemning the, um, some of the destruction and the, and the looting. No. And we, we've said that on this podcast, you can go back and listen to it. We said it was, it was wrong, but it also, it can't be divorced from the pain that people were feeling and understanding that, um, that we have responsibility as Christians to go, what is happening here and why do they feel this way? That this is the, the way that they express their anger and their pain. Um, and, 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 and again, not justifying it. Um, but it seemed like it was on some level effective because people were paying attention to it. Um, when, when you have protests that are, uh, you know, and I'm sure at some point we're kind of off the rails now, but, Protests are designed to disrupt. Now, you don't want to, you know, obviously you you don't want to destroy in your disruption, but you want to draw attention to what is happening. And that's going to inconvenience some people. Um, This is off the rails. It's totally. But like, for instance, I know in uh, in Florida, the governor just Oklahoma too signed a bill that basically was that, that basically said, if there are protesters in the road, you will not be um, convicted if you run them over. So the justification, sorry, I, we're running over Brandon and he's our guest. Probably. I'm sorry. No, 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 yeah, no you're fine. You're fine. But the justification for that is if there is a riot and people are in the street and you feel unsafe, um, you should not be liable for doing what you need to do to get out of there. Sure. Unfortunately, the wording is incredibly vague. Uh-huh. So what that means is that I think there's a really good chance that we're going to see like a Charlottesville incident where there right. are people that like I are felt peacefully afraid. protesting. Someone says they felt afraid and then booked it. I know that's good. I mean, I'll say I know that's going to happen, but I can feel pretty confident it's going to happen. I have a number of Christian friends on Facebook who have made a post. If you're in my way, I will run you over. And uh, I would say I would, I would uh, challenge that. Um, I don't believe that as a Christian position to take. Um, if you want to justify that, goodchristianpod at gmail.com. Write in. We will love to have a conversation with you. Um, that is not a pro-life position. That is not saying that I care about, I, I care less about your life than I do my own inconvenience. Um, anyway. I would like to... Please talk, Brandon. We've done, no. the, the two white guys <laughs> no. have talked way too much. No, I would really like to just... I won't even use the word challenge. I would say encourage... 
and implore believers, especially believers who are listening to us right now, um, to really just kind of look inward when it comes to topics like this. Mm. Because it seems that topics like this and watching the news and regardless of what station you watch, it's like we're just waiting for the next thing to like tick us off or send us over so that we can argue and be mad and be frustrated about whatever's going on in this world. And we made fun of this for decades. Mm. But when Rodney King said, can't we all just get along? Yeah. Like what's like 20 something, 30, it's 30 years now, 30 right? Years, it's like, yeah. I kind of feel them now. <laughs> like, yeah. We're just, just constant fighting over, well, what did he do? And what is this? Like, it's always just this, this thing where it's like, can't we just hear someone's heart and yeah. then empathize with it? Like, I just have a hard time thinking that, you know, Jesus would hear a situation like this and go, well, what did he do? And blah, blah, yeah. blah. like he, Jesus had compassion for yeah. humans, for life. Like, I'm trying to understand in this realm, in this space that we call Christianity, why that is so absent. And then you wonder why the world looks at us mm. and they don't feel anything. They don't no. feel anything. They don't feel conviction. They don't feel like, oh, man, I really need to. Like, no, that was that feeling, To in my opinion, my perspective is that that is gone. Our impact on the world. Well, I don't want to say it's gone. It's lessening because we look just like the world. Yeah. And we're silent. That's another thing that I yeah. struggle with, too. And it's like I kind of mentioned this on somebody's page on Facebook. It was like I was scrolling through and I, I have like, what, twelve hundred friends. Do you really have twelve hundred friends? Like, you know, it's you do. Facebook friends. You're famous. <laughs> no, people have got way more than that. <laughs> but I can imagine that I don't see everybody's posts at, you know, at 3.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. But I'm like scrolling through. And they read the verdict, and I'm just reading through, and all these black Facebook friends are saying things. And I'm just like, hmm. Okay, okay. There was like one or two white folks that are, you know, that I'm friends with to saying something. But then I'm like, you know, where are the believers mm. to say, hey, justice was served? Black or white? Just yeah. where is the Christian perspective? Like, are you walking out your faith mm. or are you walking out your politics? Mm. Like that's that's at the end of the day, we can have all these discussions about experiences and feelings. And this is what I see and this is what you see. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, what does God want us to see? Yeah. And how do we grow from that? Yeah. I think, interestingly enough, I believe that people in our culture have an idea, a pretty good idea of who Jesus is. And they may not have everything right, but when they see the Christians— living in opposition to what they understand and and usually they're right uh about like Jesus would not be acting this way um it's it's telling to me that people who are outside of the faith can look at our savior and our lord and go why is it that you look so different and you react so differently how come you all don't see that um and i think that has an impact on our ability i mean not has it, it might it it has an impact on our ability to be taken seriously as believers. Um, And so that all we're trying to do is, is to figure out how do we bring ourselves more in line to the way that Jesus would handle these situations, which is following uh, our interview with David or We're going to hold do series on, on that and how to, 
I mean, whole series, not just one series, but everything is going to be looked at through. How do we understand that? I do. So I called out Fox News. I want to call out um, somebody on the left for saying something really stupid. Um, Pelosi, I don't know if you saw, but her statement where she came out and she says, I, you know, thank you, George Floyd, for your sacrifice. And I went, nope, that's a horrible take. Um, this was not something where someone was choosing to lay down their life that's for someone. That's terrible. It, I think he'd rather be here. I, I feel like I'm that's just, the case. I'm just going to throw a guess. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, for, for those of you who are like, you were just ragging on the right. No, we'll rag on everybody. You say something dumb on the right and left, we'll we'll call it out. Um, and so I thought that was really uh, just a terrible take. You terrible know, take. You know, if a lot of times, you know, we can stand on podiums. <clears throat> well, at the podium, not actually on the podium. <laughs> But we can stand behind podiums and and we can sit behind microphones and we can tell people like, hey, you know, this is this is how it should be. This is how it should be. This is how it should be. Um, but I know that there's a lot of people out there that are just like, you know, what do you want me to do? We had that conversation mm-hmm. when the five of us were in here. Yeah. And it was like, you know, what is it that we're expect? What is the expectation? I feel like first it does start inward. It really has to, like, you have to start with yourself. Um, actually, you probably want to start with Jesus first. That's, <laughs> you need to be, repent. that's a good spot. You need to repent to him and let him lead you in how you should be viewing things in the world. But I really feel like a lot of things would get better fast if people knew how to do one really easy thing. You know what that is? I feel like you're about to, t- I think I know what it is, but you. Just say, I'm sorry. Hmm. I literally, like, just hear me out for, like, two seconds. You got two. I was blown away at an epiphany that I had just driving in the car. And um, somebody, you know, people always do, like, YouTube videos with, like, hot takes of different people. Like, so Donald Trump has tons of videos where it's, like, just a montage of him saying, like, crazy things. And we've gone through the whole thing about, like, oh, man, if Obama would have said half of these things, they would have kicked, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, it would be insanely wild it would feel like a dream if donald trump you know while he was president got on a microphone and just said hey i am sorry Mm. walls would come tumbling down (laughs) i mean think of you ever been at odds with any with you you're married you ever been at odds with somebody yeah and you just say i'm sorry and it just breaks down walls it was so were you done yeah yeah. okay because i didn't want to because no no no, like literally two days ago i picked up jen from work we were coming home and we were talking about something oh this is my fault no it got (laughs) heated and and we had a misunderstanding and she i said something to her she said something to me and then it was just silent you know we're like we're just gonna listen to the podcast and and you've been married long enough to know how the rest of the day is gonna go for the most part and five minutes later she said I'm sorry that I said this, that blah, 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 blah. And, and I, I literally had to go, I don't know how the rest of the day is going to go now because like, that's so like she made a step in this direction to go. I recognize that I was wrong in doing this. And then I had to go. And, and I'll be honest, my reaction was not super graceful at first because my, I didn't know what to do. I just went, well, yeah, you were. (laughs) And then she was like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry too. And you know, we had a fantastic night and it's like, I've, I've referenced this show multiple times. Um, if you haven't watched it already on Apple TV, Ted Lasso, fantastic show. My favorite element of this show is how much uh, people screw up and how 
frequently there is a whole scene dedicated to them apologizing to the person they hurt and mm. receiving the grace in that moment to go, yeah, you did something wrong, but the relationship is repaired because I still value you and, and, and you did something wrong and we can, we can overcome that. And so, uh, yeah, say, I'm sorry and watch Ted Lasso. There it is. There it is. So guys, I know, um, we need to start wrapping this up. Um, we didn't, we talked a little bit, I think about justice versus accountability. Um, and I, I think if I can sum up and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, I think this is definitely what happened to Chauvin is accountability. Um, justice, that's a little harder to define. Uh, I saw someone, a number of people put it well, um, on social media, uh, and in articles that if it was true justice, George Floyd would still be here. Um, but this, this isn't, um, Taking, putting a man in jail doesn't bring somebody back to life. This is not true justice. But one of the guys that I follow on Twitter, I really like, if you're not following him yet, it's uh, Micah Edmondson. Uh, he's a pastor in, uh, in um, uh, Minnesota, I believe, um, or Michigan. Um, he tweeted out right after um, the verdict came out, imperfect justice is still justice. Incomplete justice is still justice. A glimpse of justice is justice nonetheless. And I think as Christians, Josie, you pointed it out. Micah 6.8 talks about that we should um, act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Like that is our call. And to do everything we can to act justly, to bring about his kingdom and his justice. Edmondson right after that said, on this side of glory, we must celebrate glimpses of justice while we await the fullness of justice. We'll never be able to bring that apart ourselves um, without the help of Christ. And one day he is going to do all that and we can't wait for that. But being able to see some justice carried out or a sense of movement in that direction can give us hope. This feels good. Um, it, it is. It feels good when the right things are done. And our prayer is that this would continue to move things in the right direction. Um, and so thank you guys for listening to it. Um, Josie, Brandon, thank you for doing everything you could to, to be here and, and kind of processing through this. Um, do you guys have anything to say on the way out? I just want to continue to lean in on the um, the heart aspect of all this. Mm. Um, I think it's it would be really good for all of us to bridge gaps in our communities, our mm. circles, our um our communities where we frequent you know if you have people in your neighborhood people that go to your church that don't look like you like spend time with them i yeah. think a lot of times the perspective on 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 my end i won't say our end on my end is that a lot of times when i hear certain things from you know my brothers and sisters um that don't look like me is that there's not a lot of them that have close friends or friends that they know of that look like me. Mm. So it's like spend time with someone in their culture, in their ass, in their element to kind of get to know them and perhaps may have a little more compassion when these stories come up. Yeah. You got anything? I wish we had said the, the latter half. I wish the last half of the podcast had come before the first half. Okay. Uh, and I, you're the editor. You can just swap it around. I'm not going to swap it around. <laughs> it it's sounds so weird. Why is that? Uh, 
I think the things that we said in the last, the later half of the episode are going to mean the most to the people that need to hear it. Um, so I, I hope that if you've made it this far in the podcast that um, you got something worthwhile and edifying out of it, even if you don't fully agree with where we're at. Um, yeah, this is, this, is a, this is an issue of justice. This is an issue of, of uh, equality. This is an issue of human rights and compassion. And I think um, if you look at the trends of the Bible and the trends of what is said, uh, Psalm eight eighty two three give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Like uh, there is a pattern of of being a godly and a just person, um, pursuing what is right, pursuing justice for the people that that don't have it, um, and sacrificing yourself for the weak mm. um, and for for those that that are in need. And I think that is the thing we've got to remember coming out of this coming out of this life whatever is just uh we need to we need to look at those trends and find what is really important what does god keep harping on again and again and again mm-hmm. and what what can i find like 95 different sources for and references to it's justice and uh supporting those and loving others um and that's what i would encourage you to carry out of this is be able to forgive, be able to, to look at others and, uh, see them as important to God and as a result, important to you. Well said, gentlemen, super grateful for both of you. Thank you for your time. And, uh, thank you guys for listening. Even if you don't totally agree with everything we're saying, we do appreciate the fact that you would sit around and, uh, allow us to have a moment to kind of share these things and to, Um, just communicate our experiences. If you would like to talk back to us, we would love to hear from you. Goodchristianpod at gmail.com or you can talk to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at gcppod. Brandon, super thankful for you, man. Really uh, looking forward to having you back on in just a couple weeks as well. Next week, we're going to get back on schedule with our interview with our great Christian person, missionary and pastor David Rajan. And we're excited to share that conversation with you. This week, we've been reminded that the desire for justice is holy and that we have been called to be a part of God's work of bringing justice about until he sets everything right once and for all. Pray for it, pursue it, and until then, be good. Christian People Podcast. Today's episode is recorded on Friday, April 23rd by Jeff Higgins and Brandon Morris. Uh, two people living in Glen Burnie, Maryland. If you'd like to hear more of our content, please check us out online at goodchristianpod.com or by following us on Twitter at, at GCPPod. As I sit here at 3.50 a.m. on Friday night.
I guess Saturday morning, uh, miserably editing this podcast before I leave for the Outer Banks. I just want you all to know that as you're listening to this blooper right now, on Tuesday or whenever, I am currently sitting in the beach having a, a, a better time than you are as you sit in your house eating your cold soup leftovers from yesterday. I get fresh fish from Wan Cheese. It's great. Anyway, uh, goodbye.